Welcome to Marketing O'Clock's Ripped from the Headlines, a deep dive into what's going on in digital marketing right now. And today's topic is 2019 digital marketing predictions. For our first episode, we wanted to get our predictions on the record just to see how wrong we actually are by the end of the year. Yeah, or maybe we'll have a few, right? I think we should have, I mean, some. We're going to be at least 50-50, right? Yep. And it's an open invite as well for you to come back here a year from now just to see how we did. We'll recap it next year. Mm-hmm more predictions. I'm scared. Coming your way, 2020. That'll be fun. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news. We record live every Friday from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Join us each week for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. All right, let's get going. First off, the pros. What good we think might happen uh, here in 2019. And first off, the prediction that we have is that the responsive ads that are out there today are going to continue to rise. And that's one thing that, at least with me in 2018, was one of the biggest boons that we had was just Mm -hmm. the ability to make ads so much simpler right? And if you're not sure exactly what a responsive ad is, it is a dynamic ad. It's an ad that doesn't conform. And you can have, it could be a a display ad where instead of having 12 different sizes created by your creative team, you can put up an image and mix in text and description, headlines and links and see what actually works. And so I think 2018 was actually huge for responsive. Mm -hmm. And I think it's only going to keep going for 2019. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think there was a lot that kind of already happened and they worked out maybe some of the bugs with some of the things. And we're going to start to see major improvements this year in 2019. I'm declaring it year of year two of responsive. (laughs) Last year was probably the year of responsive. Part two. Yeah. (laughs) All right. And so, so Jess, what was your favorite responsive format in 2018? I would have to go, if I'm giving out awards here, I would go with Facebook's Dynamic Creative just because Facebook ads as a bulk editing tool sucks, right? It's never easy to copy things. I mean, it's not that it's difficult, but it's kind of cumbersome, I guess, if you will. And, And I've, you know, to create multiple iterations of the same thing, the same ad and change one thing isn't as easy as it is in something like, say, AdWords Editor, which it's still called, by the way. So I'm going to go with Facebook for sure because it just gave you a way to test a bunch of different variations of something with just the creation of essentially one ad as far as user experience is concerned. Yeah, and Facebook really spearheaded that dynamic display, right? That Mm -hmm. dynamic aspect of it where we just saw Google catching up with RDAs. There's a great video Mm -hmm. of Jess and the team that we have on the Cypress North blog if you want to see more about that. And we actually have one on Facebook Dynamic Creative as well. So if you want to learn more, we'll put it in the show notes. Um, And yeah, I think that Facebook was definitely my favorite in 2018, but it's also really late in the year. Google came out with those RDAs. So it's not really kind of a a fair fight there. That that is true. So probably more to come this year. Um, Would you say that you've had any issues that you've experienced with some of these, these responsive formats? Well, I, you know, the only issue that is out there to, to me that has had a huge impact is it's easy to get stuck in the fact that you just stick with 
responsive, right? It's, mm-hmm. it, it's easy. And that's my issue is how, <laughs> how amazing the technology is, right? That you really shouldn't be beholden to something just because it's easy. So, you know, the more we see clients having responsive, it's like, let's test this instead or this instead and this instead. And you can still actually make better traditional display ads if you have an animated GIF ad and, and a set of those. Um, so responsive isn't an end-all be-all. It's definitely though something you want to make an ad quick. It's for an event that you're not going to use all the time. You don't want to invest in the creative cost and the effort to do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. responsive is great, but you still can beat responsive. And that's something that people need to know. Yeah, no, that that's a really good point, actually, for sure. Okay, and then... With your clients. Mm-hmm. In 2018, a lot of responsive usage you had? Definitely. I think depending on when the technology was released for different platforms versus um, you know what new campaigns say I was spinning up, sometimes it was more of an afterthought, like, oh, they just released this, we should you know try it. And it was more about adding it to an existing campaign. But I definitely found, to your point about things being easy or even for you know short-lived campaigns that aren't coming back, I used it, I mean, almost... I don't know what the word is that I'm looking for almost entirely. I guess I just, that was like my first, now when I'm setting up a new campaign, it's what is my go-to ad format on any of the platforms. That's where I start, even with search ads, pop in there, make sure there's a responsive search ad on Google and then go from there and build out everything else. Yeah, totally. It's it's a great starter, right? Mm -hmm. You know, figure out what the messaging is that works, refine it, keep testing. And then again, you can take those learnings that you get and turn them into just regular old search ads or an awesome looking display. Yeah. And I don't think we can emphasize that enough is how great this is as a testing tool for sure. Yes. And quick fix Mm -hmm. and really one-offs great for that and not in cutting back that capital for that cost for the design. Okay. So that was our first prediction, more responsive and dynamic responsive as well. Second prediction will be video everywhere. And in 2018, (laughs) we saw the launch of YouTube coming outside of YouTube and ads for the first time with Mm -hmm. Outstream ads that Google launched. And we've seen some other really cool progression with video where the Facebook Creative Hub now gives you the ability to turn imagery and text into videos. And these are high level videos. These aren't, (laughs) you know, run of the mill stuff here. So um, we're anticipating even more video and then again, more video outside of some of the standard elements like YouTube outside off of YouTube and onto the Google Display Network. Um, so, how much video did you use overall in 2018? I would say that I went from zero to 60 with some clients in like what 3.5 seconds. What's good for a car? Um, yeah, <laughs> 3.5 seconds. <laughs> I mean, my car, my car probably would get there in, in 60 seconds. I think it could easily go up one mile every second. So that's really good then, 3.5 I think, yeah, I think it's like golf. The higher the score, the better. I just like totally froze. That's opposite, right? It's a a joke. Wow, you threw me. I'm like, no, Greg, you're not right, I don't think. And I don't know sports. Yeah, so (laughs) in all seriousness, yes, I think 2018 was the year of video for a lot of my clients and and even clients that did not have video assets. We were able to create video ads for them, which was awesome. And and like you said before, it's not just a, you know, especially on the Facebook side of things, it's not just 
kind of like an animated PowerPoint where you're turning non-video into something animated. It's real actual video using, you know, just a few assets of your own that could be images and, and applying some text. So I, yes, the answer is yes, a ton, a ton of video in, in 2018. Um, what about you? Was there a, a video breakthrough that was, you know, the best thing that you saw or one of your favorite things that happened in video this year? Yeah, I think it's something that would really benefit Google. And it's what Facebook did with their creative hub for turning those static images like we're talking about and text into video. It's a no brainer now <laughs> to make video on Facebook. And if I was a betting man, and I am, it would make sense for Google to say, here's an easy way where you can spin up ads on YouTube, right? Mm -hmm. So to me, I think that that ability opens video up for people that just couldn't touch it before due to the high cost. Yeah. Um, and don't get it twisted. Like <laughs> well, the video you make is very nice, but it is still not professional grade, you know, commercial quality video. But to me, that's, that's the most important thing is you can get everybody in the game and that is just so powerful. And everybody's still not in the game, right? I mean, even with how easy this is, you'd be surprised how many people are not taking advantage of it too. So I feel like it's really important to get out. You're not really ahead of the game anymore if you start doing it in 2019, but put it on your immediate to-do list because it's something that people still aren't taking advantage of, even with how easy it is. Okay. Did you have any complaints with video? I do. I'm going to go back to Facebook. Um not that I'm ungrateful <laughs> because again, a lot of the clients I work with don't have video assets or didn't in 2018. Okay. Proceed to being ungrateful. Okay. I'm <laughs> Fair point. Um, so yeah, I'll be a little ungrateful. I think that sometimes and definitely so here, things can be too simple. And if they're oversimplified, you know, they're trying to make it super easy for, you know, maybe somebody that's not really digital savvy, but wants to have a, you know, an ads presence on Facebook to create a video I felt a little bit limited in some of the stuff that I was able to do, which again, you know, go cry, right? Because, you know, I'm a professional digital advertiser. <laughs> Maybe I should get a real video made, but in some cases you can't. So I think it would be really, really nice if Facebook could give us a little bit more leeway with some of the things. Their templates are really, really nice, but they're a little bit limiting. And um, also limiting still is YouTube targeting. I, it's still a little bit simple for me. I would love it if they would give us more. Agree 100%. So... On to our third positive prediction for 2019, and we call this a good <laughs> custom intent. I like that. And if you don't know, custom intent was launched by Google, and it has the capability of becoming a really cool tool that would put you that, that may put Google in line with Facebook and just some of that interest-based targeting. Mm -hmm. And it had launched in 2018, and kind of continually got better and better and it still has some room to grow and so that is one thing that I think Google has a huge opportunity with is honing in that custom intent using user data and allowing us to target them <laughs> that, that's what I really <laughs> want so I think that that is is something that that could really continue to be refined and grown is the custom intent um, where you can say, I'm going to target people based off of domains or keywords, and almost taking that keyword level targeting off of search and putting it on display. I love that. Yeah, that's really, really nice. So did you have any success with custom intent? 
I had what I will call fake success with custom intent in 2018. It's awesome. It's come a long way. And there's a lot of really amazing targeting, to your point, that you can do with it, especially on the keyword side of things. And you get really excited because you launch a campaign or a new ad group or something using custom intent and your click-through rate is high. You're like, oh my God, these are actually relevant people that you know I'm reaching the right audience. But then you look at your conversions and you still have none. I mean, I don't know if you had the same experience, but I'm like really promising on, you know, launch and even just throughout, if there's other KPIs that you care about, maybe you care about clicks more than conversions. Some people do. I don't know why they would, but. See, I had a, a different experience and it's, again, it's, it's client by client, but mm-hmm. one client, it works really well on the conversion side. Really? Almost too well. And it likened it to, I likened it to Facebook um, lead ads okay. where you Got a lot of leads, but they weren't the best quality. And and anybody that's played around with lead ads knows that many times the quality can suffer. For custom intent, I actually could get a lot of conversions and and some B two B clients, which was really nice. But the quality of them wasn't as great as what we get with, with traditional search. So to me, yeah. that's where that that growth can really happen is, is making sure it's all quality. And we did a bunch of stuff. We, we killed off mobile to get there. We killed a ton of, of different placements off. We put in a ton of different specific parameters to get it down. So with the right, with the right, you know, massaging it the right way, we could get some conversions in. Fair enough. Okay. So room to grow in 2019, obviously, but Greg, you've been using custom intent or at least trying to use it since it, it first came out. If you had to grade its improvement from the first time it was launched until let's say about where it's at now on a 10 scale, what would you give it? Wow. I mean, that's a tough one because it was at a zero and it's now like <laughs> a, a five. So, you know, I, I, that's still like infinite improvement. So I'll give yeah. it like a, I'll give it like an eight. Okay. An eight out of ten. It was really bad. And yeah. be, when it first launched, all you could do is go off at your specific, what was it, like topics or whatever. We didn't use it because mm-hmm. it sucked. Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> you could start putting in your own keywords and you could get outside of the box of, of what options you had. And then you could start putting domains in. And to me, that's where it gets so powerful. If they can get this right, custom intent could be the thing that everybody's talking about from 2019. And when we look back on this next year, it's going to be like a 15 instead of an eight out of 10. Yeah. Oh, look at this. Back on April 5th, they stopped custom intent. Great prediction, guys. Great. That's a joke. That's, (laughs) that's fine. You said when we look back. Okay. Yeah. 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 I forgot that we were in the future. I was like, no, it didn't. That's a message from the future. Well, if that happens on April 5th, then I no longer believe that you are here right now in real life. You are a time traveler. I'm going to go to the next, the local gambling parlor. (laughs) Do they have those? Gambling parlor? A casino? Oh, that's what they're called. (laughs) Okay. I get it. You're a time traveler. You're from some, I'm just like, failing at picking up on your jokes (laughs) today. (laughs) Okay. um, That's it for the good. Next up are the cons. So what's lurking ahead for marketers this coming calendar year? What you got? All right. My number one con coming to us marketers in 2019 is less control. We saw that big time in 2018 (laughs) where we lost even exact match for paid search campaigns. RIP. RIP exact match. In peace. And in case you weren't privy to that information, exact <laughs> match is now has variants and intent-based matches. And there's just no exact match. And 
there's a good possibility that it may help many campaigns, but also we lose that granularity. And is that a good thing? Is it a bad thing? It really depends on who you are, what your staffing is, and what you're trying to accomplish. But I think that there's going to be more of that coming forward, that you know, we will lose some of these really granular controls that we have, and we're just going to have to submit to the robots. Sad face. All right. So what was the best machine learning or artificial intelligence ML slash AI improvement <laughs> that you saw in 2018? <laughs> Um, I am going to go with automated bidding strategies on Google because they're actually working now and kind of like custom intent. But didn't you have those before 2018? Yes. They kind of sucked though. Like we we would (laughs) try them once and we'd be like, no, 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 no. Stay away from that. And and this is a perfect example of relinquishing a little bit of control, but obviously you don't just flip something like that on and let it go. Um, It's definitely improved a lot in 2018. And it's something that I use probably more frequently than manual bidding at this point. Again, not for everybody. Definitely check your stuff out and keep on top of it. But that would be my vote. Uh, What do we got here? Do you, so that was the past. Let's talk about the future. Most promising automation going into 2019. Can I cheat? Sure. Okay. (laughs) I am going to go with Google's new pay for conversion model. And I like that because you actually only pay when there's a conversion. You're not paying per click. And I think that it is technically automation, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I, the, the reason I like it is because for the usually Google doesn't do this, right? But they're, they're banking on themselves to be good. And they're saying that we have the option to give people clicks. What if we can get conversions better? Could it make us money? And I like that. I like yeah. that thought that you just say, yeah, we're paying for conversions. So that's my main, I guess, <laughs> best best uh, automation um, is pay for conversions. Yeah. And you've been talking about that like every day. You probably talk about yeah, it in your sleep. I won't shut up about it. It's that's okay, though. It's yeah, exciting. are paying for conversions, yeah. I mean, why? Would, it, you're paying for conversions. It's great. It's great. As long as you get conversions. And if you don't, Google doesn't make money. So why wouldn't it work well, right? Well, I, I can tell you why. <laughs> here, let, me, let, me put my, uh, let me put my genie cap on here. But the reason it's not going to work, and it really depends on who you are and what your metrics are, is when you do anything and you do any of these automated bid strategies that you're talking about, Google always goes towards the lowest common denominator. And what I mean by that is if you've got a conversion that's a contact form or a conversion that's a purchase and you turn on pay for conversion or you turn on any type of uh, smart bidding, you're going to get the lowest common denominator, which Mm -hmm. is probably going to be a ton of contact forms. So you really have to know what you're doing. You have to make sure everything's set up, but that's how it's going to fail for most people. Fair. Excellent. Excellent point. Okay. I will put my crystal ball down now. (laughs) And just with all of this automation... Should marketers be worried that machines will take over their jobs? No, because we are machines, right? Well, you're a machine. Thank you. But that means, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we don't know that we're not actually machines. No, I don't, I don't mean robots. I just mean digital marketers. We tend to be a little bit obsessive over things and really pay attention. If you do your job well, you will always be essential. And I think the point that you just made just now about pay for conversions possibly going wrong, that's a detail that some people wouldn't think of, right? If you just let the machine take over, you're going to get leads that aren't of quality and pay for them. So you still need a human being to be watching some of those things. And uh, yeah, as long as you're still able to think 
like a person and think a little bit outside the box, I think all this machine learning can, again, with a grain of salt, help us do our jobs better. But I don't think it's going to take our jobs, at least not before you and I retire. There's always going to be something new that you still have to do manually for a while. We're just going to have to evolve a little bit in what we do as things change. But I don't think our jobs are going away. Yeah, it's almost like it's almost like you're a conductor in an orchestra and you just all of a sudden got way better, way better people <laughs> like these robot violinists. Right. And you're like, yeah, you, it's your turn now. But I, th- I think the tools are really great, but they still need that oversight, that insight to actually get the most out of them. So I'm completely with you. They're really helpful, but they are definitely not replacement level for humans. No way. No. Well, maybe for some humans, not for us. Not, not for good, not, I was going to say good humans, not for good digital marketers. All right. And then our next con that we have predictions of coming in 2019, the pushback and hesitation on Facebook and other ads. In case you live under a rock, Facebook had some <laughs> big privacy problems in 2018. We saw a lot of articles of folks in ad agencies saying they were through with Facebook. We saw people question whether or not Facebook had their users' best interests. We saw Facebook stock plunge. We saw daily active users drop. And we think it still may be coming in 2019, that the fallout is not yet done. So people may continue to move away from Facebook ads. So Jess... Did any of your clients pull back on Facebook ad spends due to privacy reasons? Not a one. (laughs) (laughs) Not a one. Um, In fact, it's really interesting because there's been a lot of buzz about it and we've talked about it several times on our show. And I really haven't even had a client express concern or even ask, never mind push back and say, no, you know, I don't want to spend on this platform. So that's a good thing for us. Lots of work to do. Um, yeah, the only the only real conversations we had about this is, at least I had, because because we work on different on different accounts, mm-hmm. is are people still going to use Facebook? Because it's like, hey, is the audience still going to be there? So that was, it was more of a selfish thing. <laughs> so that that was really it that I had. Yeah, that's no that that's a good point too. But even that, it, it's not about. I mean, it's about the privacy, but it's like a secondary. It's like a side effect of the privacy issues. So is there a silver lining then to all of this? Bradley Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picking up on a joke and I should say something about, um, oh my God. Jennifer Lawrence? Thank you. I was going to say Jennifer Hudson and I'm like, that's not right. And J-Law is one of my favorite people and I totally just, this decaf should have caffeine in it. I can't, I can't today. <laughs> yeah, so so to me, I think that the, the silver lining in all of this is that Many times you need one big check to kind of get everything else in line. And to mm-hmm. me, this was that, that, that huge privacy check for all social networks. And as hurtful as it might have been to Facebook, you know, users across the board, there's like never been a better time to have any privacy on a social network than right now as to that fallout. So to me, that's a silver lining. And then I guess silver lining part three, which I don't know, is that who else was in silver lining? Robert De Niro? Robert De Niro, yeah. Yeah, so the, the Robert De Niro of all this <laughs> is the fact that <laughs> there are people out there that are moving away from Facebook ads, as, as we saw a few weeks back in our WTH segment we had. 
So if people are moving away from there, maybe the prices are going to go down. Ooh, or just, yeah. All right. I was going to say, or up. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I, don't I have know. nothing to say. I need to just, <laughs> just stop. <laughs> all right, Jess. What is the worst thing to come from all of this privacy shenanigans? So, uh,. No one's even talking about this either, so I'm going to talk about it. They took away a lot of our targeting options as far as audiences go. And I understand they don't want you to discriminate. That's fine if you don't want to exclude people. But if I want to just target people in a certain income range, like, let me just do that. I have an answer for you. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> I know. I know. And and that's, you know, that's just a an example of, you know, some of the many things. Some of the things that they took away. I was actually very surprised and I, I should have wrote one down, but there were some that just seemed like there's no way we were violating anybody's privacy by having this type of information. But I guess, what do I know? I don't care. I put all my information out there. So Yeah. And in case you don't know about some of the options, Facebook had the best targeting options ever. Yes. And in case you're going to tell, that was past tense as there's just, it's fine now, but it's it's nowhere near as powerful as Facebook used to be. No. And I just thought of an example, job titles. You can target certain job titles, but not synonyms for the same job anymore because those were in some way, like some of the job targeting stuff that I had in the past had to be overhauled. And those campaigns, I'm sorry, they just don't work as well anymore. I've turned them off. All right. So our next con prediction for 2019 is that we'll see more declines in organic traffic. In 2018, we saw the Googleification <laughs> of many results. We saw ads getting new formats, new extensions, bigger headlines, three headlines. And our prediction is that we will continue to see a decline in organic traffic. We've got a link in the show notes off to a survey that Spark Toro had done with JumpShot, I believe, and looking at some of those declines. So just seeing that there has been a documented drop in organic traffic, mm -hmm. is there any hope that you've seen that in 2018 at all that may continue here in 2019? Yeah, I think so. And it's something, again, that we've talked about on our show quite a bit when we bring you the news every week. But Google's made a lot of changes. I know it's not necessarily true organic, but a lot of changes to their Google My Business offerings. And they've been helping businesses on the local side a lot from a, I mean, it's not really, not everything necessarily goes to your site. So that's maybe a different can of worms. But they've added a lot of new features and functionality and support for business owners right within, you know, to manage their presence right within the SERPs, which I think is going to be huge in 2019, even more so than, than it was in 2018. So uh, that said, with organic on the decline, big question for you, Gregory, should all brands now be doing PPC? Big answer. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't make universal claims. I, I, I tried to get you. You've worked with me for a while. Have you ever said any universal claim like that? Never. Okay. Other than the one you're making right now that you don't make them. That is my... F you caught me. <laughs> you sly fox. You, you caught me. So I would never say that everybody should be doing paid search. But I do think that when you look at the overall experience now, on let's say mobile even... You know, if you are trying to compete for something that is really, really valuable to you and you do have competitors there, it is absolutely worth a shot to see mm -hmm. if you can extract value. I mean, you're going to have to 
can take really good measurements of where you are currently with your organic traffic. You'll have to parlay that with what you see with your paid traffic. You have to make sure that it, 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 it drives value to you and that it's profitable. But it, it's kind of what people need to think of, that paid ads – Again, we talked about this a few weeks back <laughs> that there was a Medium article out there about the fact that 50% of users didn't know a paid ad was a paid ad. And that's the way it looks. Google didn't change it from blue to yellow to green to a, a yellow ad marking because people clicked less on these ads. <laughs> people clicked more. And the ads today are, A, they're really good and they're deceptive and you know, again, if I had a, a nickel for every time a client of ours or somebody talked to said, well, I don't click on ads. Wow. I mean, I'd have a big old pile of nickels. So many nickels. Dimes even. Dimes. Yeah. <laughs> dimes worth of nickels. Yes. I'd have dimes <laughs> worth of nickels. And so, I mean, I think I think that it, it's definitely something to say you should never – I mean, it's ridiculous to say you should only rely on <laughs> organic traffic. Yeah. But – you know, definitely consider that even in, in spots where before you might not have seen it, it's always worth a test. Fair enough. Everything is always worth a test, actually. We're going to talk big ideas here. Okay. Except drugs, folks. Except oh, drugs. Yeah, I didn't mean that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> good catch. <laughs> Thank you. So <laughs> we've had the good and the bad. And now for the ugly or just, I mean, really just some, some unknowns. We call these the IDKs. Yeah. Things to look for. Yeah. Okay. And first ugly. up is a push for voice ownership. And last week we talked about this on Marketing Clock with Google Assistant making its way to Maps and on a more Apple phones. Uh, we know that Alexa is leading the category of voice-enabled devices, and there is going to be this huge market out there. So again, we're looking for a push for people to figure out creative ways to get usage, whether it's Google Assistant or Alexa or Siri or whatever that goofy one is. What is it, Bixby or something? What? Sounds, <laughs> the Samsung sounds like, one that doesn't work. Oh, does he wear a bow tie? Because that's what it sounds like. <laughs> I, I'm sure. I'm <laughs> sure. Handlebar mustache. Uh, so, again, I, I think there's going to be this, this push and push and push because now is the time to win at that. And that's something that, you know, we should all look for who is not only getting people on, but how do we optimize for what we, you know, see, appears to be the winner of voice search. So, so Jess, do you have a, an assistant of choice? Personal use? Yes. Um, Alexa. But that is because she is on my thermostat, and it is literally the only time that I use a voice assistant at all is when I'm at home just walking around. So it's probably not fair. It's the one that I have, though. Uh, you? I love Google Assistant. It's my go-to. I love it. I have one of the, the uh, mini speakers. It's really nice. Google Assistant is really smart. And my kids always say, I want to know the score of the game. And I'm, so they're just like, ask Google. So I use, <laughs> I use Google a lot. I just, to me, I started Alexa early and it didn't work that great. And I have an Android phone, I have a Pixel, so I use Assistant a lot, and and I that so that's that's my go-to. And I I don't necessarily know that Alexa works all that great now either. There's things she can't do for me. So okay, so what's the best assistant? 
I have no experience with anything but Alexa, but I'm going to go with not Alexa just for that reason. There's there's things I ask her for she can't give me. Do you have a vote? I think it's Google Assistant hands down. Alexa's fine. Seems to work work well. I, I, I would like it, but I have a Google, Google phone and it just kind of makes sense. And it, it really does a good job of getting answers. And it like knows you too. We were talking with Matt here at work and he was like, somebody asked, how old are you? He said, I, f- I forgot how old I am. And he says, hey, hey Google, how old am I? You know, I'll do, it, I'll do it right now. Ready? Do it. Okay, so we'll do it up here on my phone. It's just, you can ask it anything, and it really knows. So, how old am I? You are 36 years old. Is that accurate? That is accurate. I think. <laughs> I don't know. I'll have to Google it. She would, aha, <laughs> you just did. Okay. So, that is my best assistant. Jess, what's your worst assistant? I'm, I'm just going to vote. Well... I'm going to vote Siri because one time I said the word seriously in front of my phone and she perked up and I feel like that is something that they should have planned ahead for. <laughs> she like lit up and did wow. her little swirly thing on the screen and was like, yes. I mean, it, she didn't say that, but like, come on, Apple, you didn't think of that? Yeah. Do you have a, a worse assistant? It's Siri. Yeah. Siri is, is, it's crazy how far behind it is. And I think, yeah, it's sad. And like everybody has an iPhone. So what are you doing, Siri? Oh, she has a really cool name though. Yeah. Siri. Are we allowed to, can we just say the word portal real quick? Portal? Yeah. All right. Hey, yeah, portal. Because so that's your least favorite. Honorable mention. Yeah. It's not even an assistant. But it doesn't we'll take matter. It. You can talk to it. Okay. <laughs> if you had to put all of your money on an assistant moving forward, what would it be? Google Assistant. I mean, it needs a better name. I've said that before. It's too much of a mouthful, but... Google Google is the machine, right? Google's out there doing everything. Google controls so many things out in the world. And I mean, they're assistants on maps now. So what's next? I mean, Google Assistant, hands down, in the in the betting salon or whatever you call I know. it, casinos. I know what's next. If it's on Google Maps now, Google Earth next. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you have a, <laughs> I feel like I'm just going to, I want to just sit on that for a minute because that was awkward. I didn't know what to do with that. Um, you're a betting man. You've said it before. Put your money on an assistant. I'm putting it all <laughs> on Alexa. No. Yes. Really? Yes. Why? Because Google support sucks. It's terrible. Okay. It's awful. I love Google Assistant, but I feel like you have to get products in to really penetrate everything and google products are absolutely horrible to deal with customer service so i think google has the best actual assistant now but they just have zero idea how to make a product and if you ever i had i accidentally bought google drive once you have to go through all these hangouts and try to talk to these people and nobody has a clue what's going on and then they killed off hangouts i don't even know how you could possibly do anything successful when you deal with customer service for Google. So I think because it is going to be product-based that's really going to drive this, and Google's product support <laughs> is an absolute zero out of 10, that's why I'm, I'm putting all my money on Alexa. That is a very nice point. Looks like we switched teams at the end there. <laughs> yeah. All right. So next up is the big question with AMP. AMP up or AMP down? And what we saw... In 2018, one of the big trends with AMP was people removing it. (laughs) People removing it because it didn't work well. 
the thought with AMP was that it would help boost your presence in the search engine results pages. You would get more traffic and then just convert and it would be a huge positive for people because you're getting more traffic and it's all converting and, and, and more is more, right? Yes. Not in this case because what would happen is many times the lift was negligible, if any, and then because it is a lesser experience on the many of these AMP pages, the conversions just plummeted. And so we saw people across the board, we've got links in our show notes that go to three different articles here that we covered in 2018. So to me, if AMP is really going to take off, it needs to have a better benefit for users. You know, adapting AMP, your results shouldn't be, well, traffic increase was negligible. Mm -hmm. Not great. You know, you do get that cool lightning bolt in the search engine results pages, but you got to convert. And that's the thing is it's a, it's a simplified experience and many folks, especially in countries that have fast Wi-Fi mm -hmm. connections, unlimited plans, you shouldn't care about AMP. You should care about making the best mobile experience for users. And currently the best mobile experience in many cases is not AMP. That's yep, very nice. Well okay. put. So Jess, what would you say? to somebody looking to put AMP on their website today here in 2019? I would say proceed with caution, I think. Um, everything you just said kind of makes you wonder if things are worth burning the calories, so don't just go full bore. Maybe you know test a couple pieces of content for sure. Um, and check in on your analytics often if you can figure those out with AMP and just make sure that the change actually makes sense for you, that it's actually doing anything for you because, it, like I said, it may just not be worth the calories. Yeah, and, he, and another thing is it's not like an on-off switch for the entire site. Right. You, know, you can say, hey, I've got this blog, and I want to try to increase the, the presence in the search engine results pages. And I want, I want to have that little lightning bolt and see how it works. And blogs might not be huge conversion pages for you. So you might say, hey, any of these products I'm going to keep with my awesome mobile experience. And then any of these blog posts, I'm going to really optimize so it's quick and zippy. I can make it good enough to, to match those other blog experiences on the, my responsive site. So it just doesn't have to be all on, all off. And we get people like, I need to amp everything. And we're like, no, no. don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> amp don't yourself do it. down. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, it, it does. it's not all or nothing. Fair enough. And how do you think, if at all, amp can actually flourish here in 2019? I think that it needs to have a bigger upside for marketers and webmasters in general. Um, you, if you go to just any major, like look at a publication like a wired.com or something like that, and then look at their AMP, AMP version, it is significantly different from the responsive site. And, and until you can replicate that near, you know, near indistinguishable from the responsive site, that that's what needs to be done. And then you need to have some sort of, of benefit, right? It's, mm -hmm. it. It takes a lot of work to do this. Who wants to take a lot of work <laughs> for nothing? Not me. Would you work a lot for less conversions? No. Okay. So, I mean, that that's the big thing right now is, you know, give it some extra boost. And, and I think that there might be some more adoption. You know, if you're getting 
way more traffic and might offset that decline in conversions that some folks are seeing. And it may help them take that knowledge and say, well, I'm going to build off of it. I'm going to keep working on it instead of just abandoning it right off the bat. So, you know, it needs to have more upside. Yeah. And that's why it remains in our IDK section for 2019. Remains to be seen. We'll check back later this year. Okay. Next segment, wish list. So we made our formal predictions on what we think is going to happen. And now we just have a wish list for 2019. So pretty please digital gods with a cherry on top. What do you have first, Greg? My first wish list item is that we see more pay for conversions. I, in case you didn't listen to the entire podcast, you just tuned in, you just flipped over to this channel. Fast forward. Fast forward. (laughs) I love the pay for conversions idea. And we've seen glimpses of it. We've seen CPA bidding where, you know, even on Facebook, you're paying per impression. Um, I love it when you're actually paying for a conversion. So my wish list is to keep that going and bet on yourself, right? Bet that you can get conversions and you can do it in a way that's still going to be super profitable. I love that. I want to see more pay for conversions. And I'm just talking to you, Greg of 2020. I'm sorry that I was this hopeful here in 2019. (laughs) I apologize. At this point, future Greg, I know that they took pay for conversions away (laughs) and you're looking at yourself like a dummy, but that's still a wish of mine. I love it. I want to see more of it. Dream big, Greg Finn. (laughs) I do. I do. I know you do. I'm dreaming too. I'm dreaming of better Twitter ads. They just announced recently that they're having better dashboards coming out for content creators in general, but they're not talking about how they're going to improve their ads experience at all. And I am very bitter about the fact that you can track multiple conversions, but you can't break down any of your reporting to see what those are. I have a million problems with it in general. I think Twitter just needs to take another look at their ads platform, take a look at some other ad platforms and see what they're doing. And, you know, Push it a little bit more, Twitter, just a little. Yeah, it's a joke. Their ad platform is a joke. And and one thing that I love is you look at at something like financial Twitter. It's a thing where people like talking like people, anybody that is investing in Twitter (laughs) probably has no idea of how awful the ads platform is in comparison to the work and the detail it's a, that Facebook has done. Mm-hmm. It is like night and day. Facebook's got a creative hub. They're just innovating, innovating, innovating. And Twitter's over there like, yeah, you can't even stick to a country. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> all right, Twitter. No, I just want the U.S. And they're like, oh, no. Yeah, we'll Which try. We'll try for you. No, 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 no. That's a big problem for many reasons. Um, I, we, nope, we don't have time for that. Yes, I'm with you. I wish for that as well. Thanks. I also wish for a little more security. In marketing in general. Hmm. With Facebook, we saw it with Cura, with password leaks, all this data being used improperly. So with LinkedIn, retargeting improperly, I am just sick of it. I'm just beaten down by this. (laughs) And that's it. It's just selfish. My wish is 100% selfish. I just don't want to hear it. I don't want to report it. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Just, just. Keep your tabs on your user data, please. I don't think that's your reasons sound a little selfish because like the whole actually, you know, caring about people's data might be the real reason for the security. But you're right, though, that this is something that we need if we want to do our jobs and have people trust platforms enough to stay on them so we can advertise to them. We need that. So I'll give you an amen there. 
Um, I am hoping this year, dear Santa, for responsive search ads on Bing. Now, this is available for some folks already. You have to use the Bing Ads API mm-hmm. in order to uh, leverage it, but it's not available for everybody. And it's obviously not available in like Bing Ads Editor, or even the online interface just to go in and make them. So they say this is coming this calendar year, 2019. Bing has said that, but until they actually do it, we are wishing. Can I make an amendment to your motion there? Yes. Okay. I would like to make an amendment that you hope a working responsive <laughs> search ads for Bing it comes in 2019. And that is one thing as well. I know it's slated for Q1 to 2019, but that is a lot of times you see a little catch up being played, mm-hmm. but having that machine learning and artificial intelligence to make it work, take your time. Yeah. No, you're <laughs> Come, right. Coming in 2019. But take your time and make it work. Yeah, you're right. Okay, that's that's an excellent caveat. I'll give you that. Okay. Next up, I wish in 2019 that we could take a time machine or maybe a, a time-reversing portal back to early 2018 and we could get exact match for paid search. I'm so nostalgic for those days. Yes. <laughs> They're not even that long ago. And I, we'll have to make a blog post on this. I, I keep saying that I will, and we never get to it. <laughs> but it can just be called accurate match or something, <laughs> like precise match, yeah. like something so that Google doesn't see a huge revenue loss. But it is so helpful to bid high on really specific items quickly. I know there are workarounds, and all you scripts people can – put your email pen down or whatever <laughs> email stylus. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Stop typing. Yeah. <laughs> but I just want exact match back. Yeah. That's I do it. too. And they don't have to get rid of the changes that they've made because no. maybe they're going to work, but give us, give us something. Keep your weird bizarro exact match. That's not exact. I don't even care. Rename it that too. Cause that is a good name for it. Yeah. It flows off the tongue. <laughs> Very easily. <laughs> um, what do I got here next? I would like to hear, so here's something. If you have a Facebook rep and you talk to them or say you don't have a Facebook rep and you just read anything um, in Facebook ads, any of their help articles or anything like that, they're going to tell you that video works better than images. They tell you that, right? But yes. Do they have it written anywhere on the internet? Probably. I mean, that's that's got to be true. It's got to, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is written. Not probably. It is. I've seen it. Um, yeah. So everything on the internet that you read is true, people. PSA. Not. Um so they'll tell you that. They'll say, you know, have video, include video, do all these things. And I, you know what? They're probably right. They probably have some sort of data to back this up. But I want to be able to test it. And I want to be able to test it easily. I want to be able to test very simple requests here, I think, images, still images, against video in Facebook's dynamic creative. I don't know why that's not an option yet. I, I just don't. I mean, it seems like a no-brainer because it's possible in some cases that a still image would work better. And I don't want to have to create two separate ads and then create variations of everything to test different text. I want to be able to do it in dynamic creative. Not asking too much, am I? I'm a little heated. I'm very passionate nope, about this. I was this. about to give you an amen on that. Give amen. It, it. Thank you. All right. My next and our final wish list item for 2019 is less Googleification of things. And... We talk about every week there's something new that Google is showing. The lyrics and songs, data and information is now coming in. There was some uh, hubbub today on Twitter. <laughs> hubbub. <laughs> hubbub about, you know, 
I think it was a, a analytic software search and showing the the best analytic software. And it was just, again, knocking the standard organic results down. And as good as some of the items are that, that can be provided for users, we don't have to have everything simplified for us. Google is still a search engine, and I just love results that's the one i like results and maybe i'm old school on it but to me it's 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 much more of like a, a aggregation of the internet and i don't i don't want to see your hypothetical logos of top analytical software i want to see something else i want to see other people out there giving reviews on it i don't want you all the time and that is my message from you, Google. It's not you. It's me, Google. And I don't want you as much as you're, as you're doing right now. I'm kind of with you, though. I want to see Let's Sing It compete with AZ lyrics every time I search for, for song lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> Which is awesome. Wow. Yeah. Deep cut there. Oh, yeah, my. Sorry. I'm a, yeah. Nostalgic. I'm in a nostalgic mood because you talked about exact match. Okay. Next up, and this is just for fun, or last up, I should say. Again, just for fun. What from 2018 is going to die hard or or what do you at least wish would? And I want to go first. Okay. And I stole this from Granted. you. Granted. Thank you. <laughs> we didn't have to flip <laughs> a coin or anything. I feel like I stole this from you, but you've had a, a great impact on me and the way I feel about this. Stories everywhere, aka on LinkedIn and in silly places where they don't need to be. I feel like it's already died because people haven't been talking about LinkedIn stories since they were announced, but I want them to. There's what, a place for them. What do you think about those new stories on Gas Station TV? You know, Gas Station <laughs> TV is actually, I, I learn a new word every time I pump gas. I'm okay with Gas Station TV, actually. <laughs> I'm really into it. That is a place where stories can stay. <laughs> All right. So my wish that of something that could die hard is AMP. And it's mainly just because it is such a big undertaking and having that conversation with clients and then trying to justify the cost of something that probably isn't going to work is annoying. <laughs> and so in its current state of affairs, I'm saying AMP. AMP in its current state. That's my qualifier. Fair enough. Okay. I'm going to go with fakeness. So, yes. Oh, Finstas? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Finsta, there should not be words for the fake version of something on the internet. That's that's how you know you've gone too far. That is the gas station TV of the internet. <laughs> I Wait, I thought you liked gas station TV. I do. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. But but really, like gas station TV, it's at least real content. You go on Instagram and now you can't even trust that somebody's not a Finsta fake Instagram account for those of you that that didn't get schooled on that with us last week. But yeah, this I mean this was the review or the review. This was the year of fake reviews, fake profiles, fake news, fake everything. Fake SpawnCon. SpawnCon, which fake SpawnCon. Which is like my favorite thing. Yeah. We that's had a, pretty good. a nice chat about that. But just get rid of it. Just just be real. It's the internet. It's the one place you could be anything you want. You should be yourself and be <laughs> real. <laughs> well, that's an interesting argument. <laughs> it's the one place you could be anything you want. So all those choices you have, 
Be yourself. Be yourself. Gas station TV. All right. And my next up of what I wish could die hard, or not what I wish, what will, what will die hard. <laughs> I wish the amp in its current state would die hard. That's why I said what I wish. Yeah. But in reality, what I think will die hard is bid management tools. And Jess, you alluded to it earlier. There, for many folks, unless you have massive localization issues, don't need bid management tools anymore. And that's got to be scary for some of these folks because the bid methods that many of these networks are putting out there are awesome. They're just great. And who do you trust more? Google's machine learning with their own network that they run all the time and now it's pay for conversions or some other outside party? I know who I trust. Yeah, Definitely really. not the outside party. Yeah. <laughs> that's one of those rhetorical questions, people. <laughs> Absolutely, but I'll answer it anyway, and it is not those folks. So that's who I think will die hard in 2018 is bid management companies because we keep seeing everywhere except for Twitter to give them credit for staying put as the world's worst ad platform. A for consistency. Everybody is continuing to make it easier for marketers with that machine learning and artificial intelligence. And we don't need outside help for most platforms. All right. And with that, that is what we are predicting and wishing for here in 2019. And if you are listening to us right now, consider this a warm invitation for our coming show 12 months from today, where we're going to look back, judge, and critique everything that we mm-hmm. talked about here for our predictions of 2019. I am really excited for that. Until then, remember, you can head over to marketingoclock.com. You can read a detailed blog post on everything that we talked about today. We've created a written-up version of this lovely show for you so that you can read through all of our predictions. Absolutely. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock. If today's show was of value to you, please subscribe, leave a review, or share with a colleague. If you are looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered.